Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I want to read an email to my friend Carmen Levy, who is uh, just joining us for the first time in quite some time. And Carmi, this I received from Lynn just now. It's been so long since I heard Carmi Levy being interviewed. Always liked him, Lynn. Aww. How do you like that? <laughs> well, Lynn, wherever you are, that totally makes my day. It's so uh, great to be back. I thought it was your sister or maybe your, <laughs> your mom. <laughs> no, no, no. It's uh, been a, no Lynn in my immediate family, I promise you that. <laughs> uh, it's been a long time since we've spoken with you, Carmi. Carmi Levy from London, Ontario. He's a London-based technology analyst. And uh, I talked to Carmi on Friday, and it was about the story that uh, has made headlines globally and that is Facebook saying that it is going to make sure that it'll vet and eradicate all white nationalist and separatist posts. And uh, you have some very significant thoughts on that. And uh, you sent me a quick email in which you write, in part, I'm highly skeptical of Facebook's move because even if the company had the right technology and enough perfectly trained people to vet, adjudicate, and eradicate nearly every last white nationalist post, it would be impossible to police a landscape where 1.5 billion people log in every day. Just that alone, and you go into more detail and we'll talk about that, but that alone, uh, just a mind-boggling. Sure. I mean, if you think about it, like stand on the on the beach, you know, go down to Florida, stand on the beach facing the Atlantic Ocean and go, you know, can you prevent pollution from getting into the Atlantic Ocean from your vantage point on the beach? And the short answer is no, there's no way to cover something that vast with so many people who have instantaneous access to it. And it's kind of the same logic with Facebook. It's this giant online landscape. And there is no technology. Sure, there's artificial intelligence and machine learning, and Facebook's been investing. Their engineers are working on all sorts of technologies that can catch this stuff in real time. If someone posts something that is uh, white supremacist in nature, that the technology will detect it as soon as it hits the network, and then it will just kind of flip it um, and, uh, and flag it for removal. That all sounds great, but the scale and the scope of it, absolutely just impossible for that to be even remotely feasible not only today but years into the future we've it's almost like the holy grail of the online world it's the holy grail of of social media but as much as we want to believe that that's possible just everything that we know about the current state of technology or the forthcoming state it isn't possible and i mean there are a whole bunch of other reasons why we shouldn't trust facebook to begin with but just strictly from a technological perspective, it is way beyond uh, any companies, let alone one with the resources of Facebook, uh, to deal with at a hundred percent level. Will it get better? Maybe, but perfect, not even remotely. Perfect. So let's talk about Facebook as a corporate culture and uh, their promise to to do this to uh, to remove all white nationalist and uh, and separatist. Uh, post on on their site. They've been criticized many times for their business or lack of business ethics. And they've also been criticized for being a solo player where their own interests, which they'll defend, and they'll just take things their own way. Uh, So do we trust them to police themselves? Do we trust them to take on and really try to complete what they said they're going to do? 
you know, part of me wants to trust them. I want to believe them. I want to believe that, uh, you know, we, we, we aren't at risk of being inundated with uh, white supremacist, white nationalist, uh, white separatist rhetoric on a social media platform. I want to believe that technology can solve this most vexing problem. Um, but, you know, Facebook, their entire business model is based on getting you and me and all of our listeners to share as much as we can online. In other words, remove the shackles, remove any barriers to communication, to sharing, because the more of that that we do online, the more ads they can serve up against all of that online activity. So every time Mark Zuckerberg or Sheryl Sandberg, you know, get in front of a camera and go, we, we, we need to do better and we, we promise we're going to. And we've had multiple instances of this from both of them over the last number of years. They're constantly promising to clean up their act. Uh, you know, it's, you sort of have to go, OK, well, when is it actually going to happen? Um, this is a company that's basically saying we're going to do better, but that doing better goes against the very driver of its business model. In other words, Facebook isn't going to do anything that's bad for its business. And let's be clear, clamping down on our ability to share is bad for business. So it's it's going to say what it needs to say. It's going to do what it needs to do from a PR perspective. But at the back end, not a whole lot's going to change. And uh, they are, Carmi, as I understand it, uh, you believe they are really firmly entrenched in who they are. Sure. I mean, you know, does, can the Titanic change its direction before it hits the iceberg? No. And we've seen this in the tech space Countless times, very large companies, very successful companies, Microsoft, Google, Apple, now now Facebook, uh, that have sort of had market challenges to, you know, what we like to call, say is pivot, uh, change direction. A very large company does not change direction easily, if at all. And so as much as Facebook says it wants to change, the truth of the matter is there are now almost 15 years of history that dictate otherwise, that this is the culture that Mark Zuckerberg has created, and it is now entrenched across tens of thousands of employees, and it isn't going to change overnight, if at all. And I've been covering the tech industry long enough to know I've never seen one company actually pull it off. It just doesn't work that way. And in many cases, those legacy companies will be outflanked by some company that started up in a garage, kind of like how Facebook did in a dorm room, uh, because they don't have that legacy. And at some point, that's the risk to Facebook, not itself, but some other company that does it better because they're not shackled by history. Now, what about uh, other um, social media platforms like Twitter? You know, it's almost unfair to, to sort of talk about Facebook exclusively, exclusively because the truth of the matter is, Roy, you know, there are any number of social media platforms. So there's Facebook, there's Twitter, uh, you know, Instagram and, and WhatsApp, which are, of course, owned by Facebook. Um, but, you know, the truth of the matter is Facebook is what I like to call the 800-pound gorilla in the space. They are by far the largest social media platform. And if you add Instagram and WhatsApp in it, basically, we spend most of our social media time in a Facebook-owned world. Um, but, you know, the, the, the responsibility and the fault also extend to companies like Twitter uh, because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the entire space. It's the entire social space. Twitter, in fact, is just as virulent, if not more so, than Facebook because it doesn't have those protections in place the way it's built. Uh, and Twitter, of course, has reasonably come under fire for also not doing enough to protect us 
from this kind of rogue messaging, uh, from this online bullying and this, you know, where white nationalists and ultra right wingers are using the platform to their own ends to basically dog whistle each other. Facebook needs to do more. The entire industry needs to do more. And by exclusively focusing on Facebook, it's almost like we're giving Twitter a pass. We really shouldn't. And is the issue more broad based than saying white nationalists and white separatists? Oh, it absolutely is, because, you know, let's face it, there are, you know, how many different kinds of, of abuses are there? You know, the, the different forms of racism, xenophobia, anti-Muslim rhetoric, anti-Semitic rhetoric. Uh, you know, take your pick. There are countless poisons online targeting countless minority groups uh, who are not being adequately, adequately protected when they go online. Gender-based biases that go completely uh, unimpeded. Uh, you know, uh, abuses by no less than President Donald Trump. And now Twitter is basically saying, we're not going to remove his tweets that violate our terms of use. We're just going to flag them. Well, if the president can get away with that kind of rhetoric, than anybody can. And so that's what the industry, I think, needs to look inward, maybe stare long and hard into the mirror and ask itself, have they, in the pursuit of traffic, of eyeballs, of advertising dollars, have they forgotten how to be moral and just? And, you know, to a certain extent, I think the answer to that, Roy, is yes. Now, all religious groups, and I've, I've in the last few days, I've really had a, a look at particularly Twitter. I'm, I, that's where I spend most of my time uh, online. Mm-hmm. And, and I've seen all religious denominations virtually subjected to a poke and then a larger poke and a larger poke and an even larger poke mm-hmm. and it just continues it's like it the thread continues and 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 all all religious groups any if you be, like i i've come to the conclusion that if you believe something strongly enough someone's going to try it to tear you down your motives may be exactly as they should be but somebody's going to attack you and that attack then leads to more attacks, and then it leads to the kind of things we've been talking about over the last 10 minutes. Of course, and because all of these platforms, Facebook, Twitter, uh, are you know what I like to call open platforms. And so they're designed to allow rapid uh, messaging between large groups of people. Um, uh, you know, something, uh, you know, when, when, for example, when someone posts something into my feed, it doesn't take long before it multiplies and gets picked up and can very easily go viral, uh, all because someone happens to call, you know, in my case, they'll call me out for being a Jew, or in my friend's case, they'll call him out for being a Muslim, and suddenly that becomes the issue. And there are no protections in place to stop that from happening. Sure, there are terms of use statements that nobody bothers reading before they click the register button, um, but they're not enforced. Uh, And so, you know, we can, you know, I can flag something. If I think something is anti-Semitic or anti-Muslim, I can flag it. Uh, but what's that really going to do? By the time a human adjudicator, uh, an editor from Facebook gets around to reading it, it's too late. It's already gone viral. The damage has already been well, done. Let me ask you this. There are a lot of complaints from conservatives that if they place their messages on Twitter, for example, that they're going to be either delayed, shut down, suspended, and they're not doing anything other than deliver a conservative message. What do you say to that? Well, there's a there's a, a very wide gulf between conservatism and white supremacist uh, speech or behavior, and so by all means, if you're a conservative and you're not offending anyone or violating anyone else's rights by expressing yourself online, then there's no reason that you should be crossing that line. There's no reason that the triggers that Facebook is talking about will kick in in your case. 
So, you know, we shouldn't be equating conservative speech online with white supremacist speech yeah. online. They're yeah. two very different things. Yeah. One is political, one is racist. Let me ask you one other question here. There's a Associated Press uh, story. Facebook charged over ad algorithm, U.S. officials say, discriminates based on home addresses. What's up? Well, you know, because, for example, you know, Facebook's algorithm, you know, tries to serve up the right ads to the right people at the right time. In other words, uh, if I am a young parent of children, it's not going to serve up geriatric targeted ads. Uh, demographics and geographic information are part of that. So what they're basically saying is, is that you will be more or less likely to see certain kinds of ads based on where you live. That is, by definition, discriminatory behavior. But the truth of the matter is, Everything is discriminatory when we go online. Everything from yeah. what we like to what we register for to who we're friends with, that all factors into how the algorithm treats us. And it's going to treat me based on all that background information, including where I live, differently than it's going to treat you. Uh, you know, how do you decide what's right and what's wrong? This is all fresh ground for all of us. I was <laughs> I was I was doing a search engine uh, well, search engine search for something. I forget what it was. Anyway, an ad popped up for a car dealership. That's like three blocks from where I live. I didn't even know the place existed. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's great advertising because, because based on where you are, yeah. it knows your, your internet protocol, your IP address, yeah. and it, it can zero in on where you live and suddenly it's serving up local ads. Local, as they say in advertising, is money. Yeah. Well, very important issues, significant issues. And uh, Carmi, thank you so much for your perspectives. And it's great to have you back on the show. So great to be back, Roy. Thanks so much for All having best. me. Bye-bye. Carmi Levy from, uh, from London, Ontario, um, technology analyst. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.